0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another Win Daily Sports show. My name is Michael Vazil, and I am here with my men Sia and Joel, and we are breaking down the Genesis. The Genesis? Gen- Genesis Open? It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Joel and Cia are going to break down everything you need from a DFS and betting standpoint. If you haven't already, please smash that like button. Just smash the hell out of it. Something about a bell. I was told today. There's something about a bell with YouTube too. So figure that out and follow us at WindailySports at CJ at DraftMasterFlex at Michael Brazil One WindailySports.com backslash chat seven free days in that
1: expert Discord chat. See you. How you doing today, buddy? I'm good. I, I think uh, I think Joel and I might be fighting though because I, mm. I don't know if you I don't know if you saw my fighting words on Twitter, but you know I'm a little frustrated because it's been like ten days.
0: Yeah, I did see that. It's pretty and- honestly pretty pretty disrespectful.
1: Well, I mean, 10 days, it's not a short amount of time. It's 240 hours. That's quick math. 24 times 10. You just add a zero, folks. But the point is, speaking of adding zeros, Joel hit for 80K like two weeks ago. Mm. A couple weeks before that, he hit for 100K. And Mm. it's like dry season all of a sudden. Like, I haven't seen any screenshots. It's been a full 10 days, maybe 11 or 12, honestly. I didn't do the math because I didn't want to be super disrespectful. But like, let's go, guy. You know, this I think, I think this is the weekend. And by the way, I distinctly remember the Genesis Invitational from last from last year. I did really well. So I'm kind of excited. You know, last week didn't go that great for me. There were a couple guys like right on the number that missed the cut. HV3, Bo Hogue, who I actually had in in a couple bigger lineups. Uh, Siwoo Kim, who I had in a bigger lineup. Uh, you know, they all sort of failed me just right on the number. They just missed it. So I'm actually excited about this one. I'm feeling pretty confident. It's just such a full field, so it's going to be a lot of you're going to have to just kind of push guys out of your out of your pool that you you normally would like. But uh, I'm excited to hear Joel's opinion too because uh, I I know he's going to win six figures this weekend. Positive. <laughs> I mean, listen, I I
2: apologize. You're right. I mean, I apologies. You know, yes. Well, I actually, gotta be better. No, I don't accept. I be it. Better. If I'm not making at least six figures every other week then i'm failing not just myself and my family but the Danley family and well that's not the acceptable thing. yeah it's not
0: acceptable yeah. so i'm just i'm means, a little disappointed you put us after your real family though so uh... know,
2: kind of, when when i say family i mean it encompasses all you know it's
0: all that's nice i'll accept so, that apology my family's
2: listening i don't mean that i love you all so that's
0: <laughs> exactly that's all that matters and we love you too joel don't worry about that one of these days you'll hit for i don't know a million dollars and it's gonna be pretty cool i'm excited just to say that i did a podcast with that guy you know only a couple days before he hit for a million dollars that's gonna be my claim to fame but as Sia said we have this incredible genesis invitational it should be a blast i mean we're coming up to about a year from the start of this pandemic so uh there was fans last time we were here. I'm sure it was an absolute blast, and we'll see what happens. I'm excited to to check it out. Again, if you're on YouTube, just hit that like button. If you're listening on the podcast, five-star review. Look at that. You just helped us. You just helped us. Oh, hey, we got someone in the chat. What's up, Andrew? it's going great how are you s guy where's s guy he's not in there yet let's start <laughs> breaking it here. down oh he'll he'll always hear he's crushing it. love them um so let's start breaking it down a little bit see what are we looking for at the genesis invitational do we need to be long off the t i know we're caring about approach it's usually like the same three or four statistics but what are some things that are going to differentiate this course and this tournament amongst some of the other ones that we've been at recently
1: well, it's interesting that you brought up those two metrics first because those would be the, the metrics that would be maybe more diluted this particular weekend than, you know, your, your 50 of the other weekends that we're talking about golf. So uh, around the green game is going to be really important. Putting is going to be really important. Those aren't things we normally emphasize. So this is one of those where I think you need all the tools in the bag, so to speak. I think you need to be good with the short game. I don't think you need to be long off the tee necessarily, but it definitely helps. Um, Approach game is always going to be important. But if you if you are above average, but not excellent in all four metrics, you know, around the green putting approach uh, off the tee, you're going to have a good tournament. But if you're just really good in, in one of the metrics, but you're just sucking around the green, for example, like, you know, you might you may end up missing the cut. So I'm looking for guys with well rounded games. That's the
0: short answer. Long, well, that's the long answer, but I appreciate it. Uh, speaking Joel, of
1: long, speaking of, well, the short answer was the end of the sentence. But speaking of long, okay. this, is a, this is a longer course, so we should know that. So that's why, you know, if you're longer, it does help, but it's not a critical factor.
0: Love it. Daniel Berger won last week. He's not a bomber, right? It was pretty impressive. Joel, what um, what are you paying attention to this week at the Genesis Invitational?
2: Yeah, How's you nice? know, what? Actually, I have to say, I want to say something real quick. So Berger won last week, and I'm going to shout out my parents, my mom, Calls me after the show last week, and she's or before the show, and she's kind of like, Hey, like, who do you think's gonna win the tournament? And I'm like, Listen, it's a little early in the week for me to make that commitment right now. Like, let me get back to you closer to Thursday, and I'll say, Like, who I really like to win the tournament. She's like, I don't really care that much, just tell me somebody that you think's gonna win. So I'm like, I don't know if you know all the golfers, but Daniel Berger's dad is the tennis pro where my parents live in Florida. So I was like, I know you know him. So Daniel Berger, and so he goes on to win. I'm like, Mom, if you were a gambler, you would love me so much more right now.
0: (laughs) That's amazing.
2: Uh, yeah. Also, yeah, I didn't actually think he was going to win. It was just I was the oh. only one I knew she knew, so I threw him out there as the and he won. So let's his, um, let's,
0: let's get his dad on the podcast though. <laughs> I, bet, I can guarantee there is no other podcast out there that is looking to get Dan <laughs> Daniel Ritter's dad on the show. Let's just. We well, know his
1: dad up. was like a real tennis pro. He was like, was yeah, like, he um apparently I think I heard this just yesterday. He was ranked at one time the number seven tennis player in the world. Yeah. Well, okay, maybe I, t- I
0: take back my last statement, but I'd still like <laughs> to
1: get him on the pod. That'd be kind of cool. Um,
0: Anyway. No,
2: but for, for this week, um, I'm actually thinking about it a little bit differently than Cia. So he's absolutely right. You, know, you want to just get the guys who are making the most sense in terms of form and, and course history, but I am seeing that. I think being long off the tee, I'm going to value a bit more than normal this week. So I am going to have a head on those who are long off the tee when making my builds. In addition to that, as everyone already knows, I'm already overweight on course history, but there is something too. There seems to be a consistency with course history here, where guys who are good at this course t- tend to do good over time, do well over time. So um that just is like music to my ears. That means I, I can logically be overweight on course history because we know it's it's showing. The data is showing that that um, proves to be fruitful. So uh, those are the two major factors for me. If I had to go one two, it's going to be course history and distance.
0: Course history, you're a at- you're a fiend for that course history, Joel, and I respect it. You never, you never let us down there. Um, so we, as I said, we're going to be breaking it down for DraftKings. We're going to be breaking it down for the sports book. Uh, we came close last week, if I'm not mistaken. See, a couple of your guys, they were, they were on the cusp. So mm-hmm. I was uh counting that, counting those checks before they got there. But before we get to all of that, we want to say thank you to our friends over at manscaped support for Win daily is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels and joel did say that we're a part of his family see so I, I don't know take that with a grain of salt they obsess <laughs> over their technology departments to developments to provide the best tools for your grooming experience Manscaped is trusted by over two million men worldwide now that is absolutely fantastic they have a redesigned electric trimmer manscaped lawnmower 3.0 third generation cutting edge it's like cutting like grass and we're talking about um golf there's a the connection um they have this incredible ceramic blade that reduces grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology pioneered obviously by manscaped it is premium battery lasts 90 minutes waterproof technology sweet led light that shows you Everything when you're trimming around the green. <laughs> That's good. That was better. Uh, that was okay. good. That was We're working good. Our that, way up to something. Yep. This is We're good. Fi- yep. I'm figuring this out. Momentum. Got it going as we go. Uh, they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And that charging stand is sweet too. It's USB. You can plug it right into your work laptop. Let everybody know what you're rocking with. If you're listening to me right now, I want you to experience it firsthand. Trim your junk. 20% off free shipping with promo code WINDAILY at manscaped.com. Pr- 20% off. Free shipping promo code WINDAILY at manscaped.com. One more time, it's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code WINDAILY. Your balls. Well, thank you.
1: You missed an opportunity. You said Damn stroke it. in the middle of that. Oh, and son of you of a bitch, really you're like right yeah. away there. Uh, I'll get it. I'll get, it. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it.
0: We're getting better at this, guys. We're getting better at this. We appreciate you guys kind of sticking around. Let me workshop a couple of things. I think <laughs> that part is very nice. Um, all right. Well, let's uh let's rock with it, gentlemen. I mean, we have a very clear number one here. Uh, gentleman who was supposed to be in our tournament last week, Dustin Johnson. He ended up not being there, but he's here this week. Um, most expensive golfer, eleven three hands down. I think that's important to note. He also has the best odds to win it at plus 550. So very, very short odds. A couple other guys in that 10K range, Justin Thomas, Roy McElroy, John Rahm, and Bryson's back. Sweet, nice to see you, Bryson. So, Sia, we'll start with you. How are you feeling about this 10K, 11K
1: range? Uh, I, I hate to start this way, but I really like Dustin Johnson, and w- w- that's like you know, you're, you're like taking the favorite in, in in football or something, or you're taking the, the the public bet, and and I just think Dustin Johnson is so superior. Like normally, I would say, hey, you're splitting hairs here, and 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 you kind of are in this elite range, but I really think Dustin Johnson is far and away right now the most consistent player really in every facet of the game, whether it's, you know, off the tee, around the green putting, you put it all together. And I really think DJ outclasses the other four guys in this range. So I don't want to get into him too much. I will say his price is reasonable. Um, and by the way, his, his course history here, looking at it now, 10th, 9th, 16th, 1st, that's not like out of this world outstanding, but it, it's obviously some of the better course history you're going to find here. So he checks that box. Um, you know, he had that week of rest, but when he was over overseas, He won that tournament. I mean, he's just been on fire. Obviously the masters, I mean, there's just, everybody else is outmatched when it comes to DJ. The 11,300 price is not cost prohibitive, in my opinion. It's what Cantley was, I believe last week. So if you were, if you, if you were able to get Cantley in your lineup, you know, what's interesting is that if you were able to get Cantley in your lineup last week, it was kind of, kind of weird because the six K range last week was really bad. Well, well, this week, you get the, the can't lay price in your lineup, the 11,300, which of course I'm talking about DJ. But you go down to the 6K range, and there's plenty of guys, or the low 7K range, or the mid 7K range. There's plenty of guys you can get in your lineup that, that I believe will make the cut. So DJ's my guy. If, if I want to do a second place, I kind of like the upside of Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, obviously, what Joel said, if you're long off the tee, that's great. Bryson can get hot with the putter, too. We don't exactly know where his game is, but his history here is also pretty good as I'm looking at it. So um, that's probably my second place guy. If I was going to fade somebody in this range, it would probably be Rory because Rory's just kind of been a guy. Um, but obviously it's not like I dislike John Rom or Justin Thomas. It's just I can't pick all these guys. So yeah. I'll lead with DJ. Um, I'll probably have a couple lineups with, with JT and John Rom, but um, it's DJ's my guy.
0: Remember only a few short months ago where we were making fun of DJ for just being the most inconsistent golfer on the tour and just how he was constantly like, Oh, he just didn't feel like playing this week. So like, Oh, would you look at that? And well, now he's, he just, he's clear cut number one by far. And it's not even close.
1: Well, that's sort of what I was making fun of though, was he shot like back to back eighties and then he's sort of left the tournament. He's like, Oh, I got, I got a back I injury," But here. then yeah. four days later he's in the next tournament. It's like, what are we doing here i mean don't 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 get me wrong i love Dj i hit that 80 to one shot on him you know mm-hmm. after a bad Thursday round and, and won a bunch of money um sometime after the restart last year but yeah i mean he's kind of clear-cut the guy right now he's he's to me i might be overstating it and Joel you know give me your opinion on this michael you too um i think this might be the closest to Tiger woods of like the 2000s in terms of like a clear-cut Number one guy. I mean, back then there was really only a few guys competing with Tiger, whereas now you have a lot more sort of up and comers that are sort of in that stratosphere. But I really think DJ's game is is the closest thing we've seen to what we saw, you know, 15, 20 years ago with Tiger. That's a. That's a, it's, a it's, yeah, maybe I'm overstating. It. I don't know. Um, well, I mean, listen,
2: no one's, it's not Tiger because, yeah, it'll never be. The closest. Yeah, we haven't seen anything this close. Um, you know, it's it's I don't think anyone's going to read Tiger in our lifetime. He's just so dominant, it was absurd. But Charlie um, Charlie,
0: Charlie Woods looks phenomenal and the internet loves that know, kid. Charlie
2: too. Woods. That's that's DNA. That's fair.
0: Um <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but if you want to yeah, I agree. I mean, if you want to get the closest,
2: I think that makes sense. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I'm going to absolutely go ahead and toot my own horn when I first signed up with Win Daily. Um and I had a I won a big tournament. Uh you guys asked me to go on the SiriusXM show and kind of just talk a little bit about it. And I went on there, and it was right after that tournament you mentioned where he blew up, DJ, like the 280s, and his ownership level came way down, his price came down, and everyone was fading him. And that's when I said that my first kind of take was he's consistently been a top 5-10 golfer in the world over the last five or six years. These are the spots where we go back to him, right? Because he's just not going to be this bad consistently. And when he does bring back, price went back up, Not could to get this value again? And I said right then and there, and since I said that, that's when the tear started, and he just went completely off, and he started winning tournament after tournament. And, you know, I listen, that strategy, you guys know, I talk about that type of stuff a lot where I want to find those guys. I miss a lot too, right? It doesn't always work, but when it works, right, that's how you're going to hit, and that's where, like, when we are playing GPPs, that's what you want to do, right? And that's actually the, the strategy I have for this week. So the first thing I'm going to say is I agree. DJ is playing too well to fade. I would say, no matter how many lineups you're building, make one at least with DJ. Don't not have him at all. He's just playing too well to just not have any exposure to DJ. I'm going to be playing a lot more than one, but at least make one. let's have some exposure to him this weekend where you're playing. Other than that, this top range, they're all great, right? You can make a strong argument for any guy in this range of why you'd play them, why you would fade them. So my play for this week, and especially if we're you guys know me, I'm big into the GPPs. I'm playing between <laughs> You're going to laugh. I love Rory this week. I mean, in terms of course, guessed, history,
0: by the way, I had that <laughs> set up. I figured I, That was a I, guess. I wanted to okay. see if I could get it right. I knew I got it. I know you don't. I mean, listen,
2: if you want to look at these top guys and look at course history, Rory probably has the best. He was tied for fifth last year, tied for fourth year before that. So two top fives the last two outings. We talk about being long off the tee. I mean, it's him and Bryson and, and DJ were the longest. So, you know, he's going to check that box. And I think my strategy for this top field is instead of randomly picking which one of the best golfers in the world are going to be best this week, Let's play a GPP game, right? Let's play ownership percentage. So by come Wednesday night, Thursday morning, whoever looks like we're going to get the best value on from ownership perspective, let's play them because that's going to get make us the biggest average. And there's not a big enough gap between the five of these guys to say that this guy should be 40% on that guy 20. So that's how I'm going to play. I'm going to play ownership percentages because they're all pretty close. If I had to rank them, I would go DJ Rory DeChambeau, but it's not by a by wide margin.
0: Yes, and you can actually find those ownership percentages with our friend steven he's gonna have that article come out wednesday night so make sure to be on the lookout for that see his articles already out if you're not paying attention see his article his initial picks it's free you can check it out and it pretty much always cashes so rock with it from there um let's just see what are rory's odds to win rory's odds to win are plus 1250 you can get justin thomas at plus 14 and Xander uh bryson's plus 17 he's pretty far down there behind cantley and Xander as well so Someone to pay attention to. Uh, Joel, well, let's kick it back to you. Um, what about this 9K range? Because again, we're, it looks like somebody from this top tier is going to be in there. If you're playing Dustin Johnson in 11 3, it's going to be difficult to get pretty much anyone else in there. Uh, so, how are you looking at this range and where are you looking to go with it? Oh, Daniel Berger's out. I didn't even notice that. Party too hard. Good for him. He deserves it.
2: He's actually, at least not in the last five years, he hasn't made the cut here and coming off a win, I probably wouldn't have been too high on him this week to begin with, but um, pulling out it makes it an easy decision. Definitely don't play him if he's not playing. That wouldn't be a very wise move. Uh, but in the 9K range, I think you know you nailed it in, in saying that if you're going to be playing DJ, it's going to be hard. You might be able to get one guy in the 9K, and then you have to go real low in the low 7s and 6s to kind of fill out. Um, if you're going to play DJ, my suggestion would be to go more well-rounded and maybe go – him with a bunch of in the mid sevens and you kind of to fill, fill out your team from there but if you're going to build a lot of that phase dj then you can get interesting and what's interesting here is um there's a lot of good golfers i mean there's probably 10 to 15 guys here who you know i think odds should be under 20 to 1 in a field like this is, is really there's a lot of really strong golfers who could win this tournament so listen would anyone be surprised and the, the daily clubs. If Colin Morikawa came out and had a big week and won the tournament, absolutely not, right? And we'll see his his ownership percentage will be um reasonable. You know, guys like Morikawa, you know, are going to be tough with history because he's so young. He's only played here, so you're not going to get a whole lot of that. Tied for 26, I wouldn't put that in his favor or against him, right? It's he was competitive the one time he played here. Uh, I would I would suspect he'll be competitive again. The problem with Morikawa. Is if he gets 26 at this price, that's not going to help too much. So you're going to need, if you're going to play someone in this, in this, uh, these price tags, you're going to need them in the top 10. So my favorite plays from this range, um, Xander's the best golfer in the 9K range. Uh, he he easily could have been in the 10K range. So definitely hard. I definitely wouldn't fade him. And if you want to look at course history, he's, he's top, tied for 23rd last year, 15th and 9th. So it did not great. Um, If you want to just play the best golfer in the ninth grade, I would go with Xander. Brooks coming off, you know, the win, looks like he might be in good form. I'm not going to be overweight on Brooks, but I definitely have nothing against him if if you want to play him this week. Um, Obviously, you know, his last outing was spectacular, and then before that, it's three missed cuts. So, you know, when you're playing Brooks at the missed game, and that's why I would say he's a GPP play, not a cash play. If you're going cash, there's definitely better routes to go than Brooks, but if you're going to play him in a big tournament, you know, there's nothing wrong with that either. And then... um. To wrap up the top, I really like Tony Fee now. I think uh, his game should fit this course in that he's really long. Um, you need to be long on this course. His course history is strong. Um, last year, he was only tied for 51, but before that, tied for 15th and tied for second. So you know he can do it here. Um, he's been playing pretty well. You're, you're not kind of taking a shot on it, hoping he comes around. You have a good golf there. It's just a matter of if you can afford these guys on how you make your builds.
0: Yeah, Jordan Spieth and Brooks Kepka rocketing into the ni- high nine k is, uh, I think, a little bit of an overcorrection. I think that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, Jordan Spieth has had two good tournaments in a row, and I think it's more of an overcorrection
2: also. for Spieth than for Kepka Because
1: yes, oh, yeah, absolutely
2: volatile, but you know, Kepka still won a tournament the other week. Spieth still chokes every Sunday, and he hasn't really fully put it together. And yeah, he did have two good weeks in a row, but. There's a longer gap of Spieth not showing up for him to get back in this price range, whereas Kepka, you know, he still has one other than just this recent tournament. He's had showings of being and competing more recently. So Kepka, you know, I can understand this price like is just because he's a name and they boosted him up because he's been playing well the last two rounds.
0: Yeah. And he really only plays, as you said, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I, I pretty much called it. I was watching with my grandfather on Saturday. He, I think he had a two stroke lead. I was like, how do you think he's going to choke this time? He's like, I don't know. He's going to. I was like, pretty much. It's like <laughs> kind of like clockwork at this point. Um, Sia, so yeah, what about you? What are you looking at in this 9K range?
1: Yeah, I agree with most of those plays. I think Xander and Cantley are really, really strong plays. And I think most of the DFS community agrees. So they're going to be way more popular than for example like a Brooks Kepka. So while I don't trust Brooks Kepka, I do think it's smart to play him here and there because he is going to be maybe a third of the ownership of the two guys I just mentioned. I mean maybe not a third, but maybe a half the ownership. So at least that's how it's trending right now. So but Xander and Patrick Cantley, listen, they they've both been really good lately. Uh, I mean, really, both of them really good. We're talking about second place finishes, third place finishes o- on a consistent basis. And then, of course, history is pretty good here, too. By the way, Patrick Cantley is a California kid, so he's continuing to be right at home. And he performed really great. I mean, if it wasn't for Berger, I mean, listen, Berger probably should have won that tournament. I'm not saying he shouldn't have, but two Eagles on Sunday. If he doesn't have two Eagles on Sunday, I mean, all of a sudden it's Patrick Cantley and maybe Maverick McNeiling battling with him to win the tournament. So uh, the win equity is there with both, even though they haven't really won, uh, particularly Xander, I think the win equity is there because I think it's coming very soon. Uh, I mentioned Brooks. I don't know that I like anybody else in this 9K range. I'm not going to be on Tony Fee now. I've just seen enough of him sort of speaking of choking on Sunday. I, I do think he's a good course fit. I think you could make the same argument about Hideki, who I'm also never on. So it's just one of those things where I, I'm just going to be in that same sort of Jordan Spieth camp where there's just going to be a few guys that I'm always going to fade because I don't think they're going to meet their value. And, and Finao just happens to be one of those guys, but Xander can't lay, I will pepper and Brooks Kepka. I haven't really decided what I'm going to do on Colin Morikawa. Um, I know Patrick, uh, obviously one of our, one of our DFS uh, PGA writers, he's going to be all over Morikawa because that's like his favorite person in the world. Uh, <laughs> but in Morikawa, like, like he should be good here. Uh, but, And I think last year he contended, but you you can't play everybody. And Colin Morikawa hasn't played in a while. I haven't seen it much from him, so I'll I'll probably defer to Xander and Patrick Cantley over him.
0: Remind me, what Colin Morikawa and Daniel Berger? They were they went to that playoff like really soon after the um, the restart, correct?
1: Uh, The one that Colin Morikawa ended up winning. Morikawa ended up winning. I believe
0: because so. then I right so. after Burger one or something, I remember they each won very close to each other. So, hey, oh, I don't write, okay. the, book. I don't write the book, I just read it. That's a pretty good catchphrase. I'm going to use that moving forward. I really like that. Um, <laughs> see ya. Talk to me a little bit more. Um, this 9k range. So, again, if we're going to be playing these guys, as you guys have said, those the guys in the top tier, I mean, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson is $600 more expensive than the next guy. Joel, of course you're in love with Rory. We know, we get it. It's going to be hard, as we said, to play one of these 9K guys unless you want to go dumpster diving into that 6K range. I feel like this 8K range and then, as you guys have said, the 7K range is going to be pretty full. See, talk to me a little bit about this. Oh.
1: Yeah, but no, and I'll, I'll talk about the 8K range, but I've made, I've already made a ton of lineups, and um, you can do it. You, you can do DJ and Cantley, and, and mm-hmm. get guys that you actually like. Yes, you will probably be dipping into that 6K range, but there are guys in the 6K range this week that you can play with some semblance of confidence relative mm-hmm. to, let's say, last week. So you can do it. And then, like Joel said, if you pivot off of Dustin, and you play, let's say, Rory or Bryson, Rom, Justin Thomas, that gives you even, you know, yep. more, you know, sort of money to play with. But there's guys in, like, especially in that, like, sort of 6,900 price range, 71. like that price range has a lot of opportunity. So you can do the the dj zander or that dj cantley or dj morikawa and and by the way if you do that then kind of conversely to what you were just saying then you're kind of skipping the 8k range because you mm-hmm. can't do that like i like victor hoplin I'll, I'll lead with that he is one of my favorite golfers on the tour every time i play him it, it almost always pays off i think i didn't play him a few weeks ago when he was playing which ended up being a big mistake because I was fearful of his around the green game. Well, he's made a gigantic comeback when it comes to his short game. So he's hitting it great off the tee. The ball striking is there. The around the green game is there. He has some course, ex- oh, actually he doesn't have course experience here if memory serves. I don't think he played here last year. So zero course experience. So that kind of hurts him. Remember what Joel said at the beginning of the show. I mean, it does help to have course experience at this particular course. That is that is a factor that probably matters here more than more than most courses. But that's not like determinative. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say I'm not playing Victor Hovland because he doesn't have any course experience because you can't be that hard lined about your stance there. But uh, Victor Hovland, it's going to be tough to get him in a lineup if you're doing the sort of the DJ, you know, 9K guy thing. But I like Victor Hovland a lot. He is trending to be very popular, maybe a better cash game play than a GPV play, maybe. As I go down the list, there's not a lot of guys I like. I will bring up my guy, Cam Smith. He really let me down last time. He was great for me at the Masters. The only reason I'm bringing him up I do think he's better at the harder courses for one, and this does qualify as a more difficult course, but his ownership percentage is going to be very low. I mean, you can pretty much book that. His ownership percentage in this range might be the actual lowest in the 8K range. So again, if you're playing the game theory, ownership percentage game, Cam Smith is going to give you a ton of leverage. And we know he's flashed before. I'm not super confident in him, but again, we're talking game theory. We're not talking about my confidence level in him You know, finishing top five. He certainly has that potential. Max Homa is another guy. Eighty two hundred, I think, is a really good price on him. He's really coming on strong. Like finally, he's, I think, kind of put the podcast you know earbuds and in, in microphone down, and he's really focused on golf, and it's showing. I mean, lately, I'm I'm, I'm late to the party. I got to admit because Michael, you remember before Joel, mm-hmm. you know, was doing the show with us. I was all over Max Homa at the restart, yeah, loved him. and before the restart, and he was paying off. And now, I, you know, I was so hesitant to jump back on, but I, I think at this price, this is probably the time to jump back on to, um, to Max Homa. Other than that, nobody else, I noticed, you know, Matthew Wolf is down here. The game is just not in form. That doesn't mean it can't be in form. He is a good course fit. Joel might like him, but off the tee, which is his main weapon, he's been pretty terrible. Around the green, he's not good either. So it's just, it just he just doesn't feel like a good course fit here.
0: Yeah, Ma- Ma- Max Homa, you were very much on him in the beginning. 8,200 seems kind of expensive. I don't remember his price ever getting up that quite high, but he's the last few tournaments. He's been fantastic last week, especially waste management was awesome. I think he holed out for Eagle, like the last hole of all of it. So I think it looks a little bit better than it was, or maybe that was two weeks ago. I can't remember, but either way, Hey man, you got that far. What can I say?
1: Yeah. A couple things about Max home, his last four weeks, seventh, 42nd which isn't very good 18th 21st and then 12th before that that would have been at mayakoba so Mm -hmm. before the break i believe but last year here he was fifth so and, and again i think he's from california too so he sort of has that home field advantage the last two years he's made the cut those are the only two years i have evidence that he's played here so 37th and fifth is is how he's finished the last two times so he probably likes the course and he's in good form it's just one of those things you're right the number is a little high but Relative to the other guys around him, I think it's a very fair number. Lastly, I just I want to mention Joaquim Neiman. I did like him earlier on in the week. I'm kind of cooling off on him now. I think he might be better for an outright player, maybe a first round leader play, which we'll get to. Um, I'm gonna have him in a couple lineups, but my confidence level is sort of waning on Joaquim Neiman
0: earlier in the week as if it today wasn't Tuesday um, and yesterday was a holiday so I don't even know
1: there There was no so earlier in the week Sia what are you there, talking about some of us have a show on Monday oh, well, as man well man we that we have to prepare for on Sunday night so this is basically <laughs> late in the week as far as I'm concerned Yes, I'm three um, days into my research let's put it that I,
0: way I appreciate you Sia that's why we love you here Joel talk to me would uh, anyone to add anyone extra for that 8k range that you want to be on or, or maybe fight Sia about he did have some fighting words at the beginning of the show I don't know maybe (laughs) this is the time to jab back well
2: what what I will say I actually I have to agree with Sia something because I I think this piece is important in that when we look at course history you can't hold against someone who just doesn't have a history right it's there's no there's no negative to that they just they didn't have a chance to play there so that's not negative or positive it's just that you just got to use other factors to consider playing them like like Hovland um you know, if, if somebody someone has missed a cut here four times, then you can hold that against them because mm-hmm. they've consistently not done well. But nothing at all, it's it's okay. I would just would just not consider that as a factor when choosing them. So, um, with course history being said, the most expensive person in this field has won the tournament twice, and that's Bubba Watson. He's the most volatile golfer. He's like only a recommendation ever in GPPs, even though he's won twice in the last five years. Uh, the last time he won was in 2018, so it's been a few years, and he really hasn't been in great form. So. Definitely not a high recommendation. I wouldn't go overweight on him. But if you want to get different this week, um, and maybe you're not playing DJ, and you will uh, listen, a guy that's won the tournament twice in the last five years, who will probably not have the highest ownership percentage. I think for a GPPs, uh, I, I think he's a, he's an interesting look, an interesting play here. He's going to be long off the tee. You know, you're going to get the the reassuring, and he can do well on this course. So. Um, i think he's a good way to be different and and like i say i I want to preface my picks with the style right like he's a gpp play he's a big tournament like if you're gonna play a 10 person five five man like don't play bubba watson there's better plays to do when playing those style um but in a big tournament with a low ownership or or potentially lower than some of the other guys in this range yeah i think he's he's certainly a, a good play um Moving off and just kind of going down the range, I actually – I'm with Zio Cam Smith. I think that's an interesting way to be different also. I think for the most part, what I'm trying to do, if I'm picking guys in this range, I, I probably want to be different. None of these guys seem to stand out more than the other one. So high ownership here is just something I want to avoid because I think there's def- better ways to build with stars and scrubs as opposed to taking high ownership guys in the 8K range. Um but, yeah, I mean, if, if you people want to go back to Will Zalatoris here now that you're getting him at 8,300, I think that's a perfectly fine play. He's been striking the ball really well, um, and I think that is what is his consistency. We're not going to get any course history, so there's nothing to go off of on that front. Again, that's not a negative or positive. Uh, it's just a, a mute point. Um, and, you know, yeah, I think people will be a little disappointed by last week's outing, but before that, he was playing great. So I think it's like one of those things where it's almost like, to use that to your advantage, that he wasn't so good last week, because you know the ownership will come down, his prices come down, and now you know if he's still shitting the ball, striking the ball solid, then you can make a lot of money off him this week. So what um, was that? But, <laughs> I just said <laughs> he's still striking the ball solid.
1: I said hitting, uh, and it, it was the, it, I it, did. Was the per- <laughs> it was a delicate combo of, of striking and shooting. Yeah, <laughs> that
0: was impressive. That was very impressive. I'm sorry, that was great. Anyway, hey, listen, l- listen.
2: Uh, sometimes we have fun. It, it's okay to make up your own language, <laughs> as long as the it, other pe- as long as everyone else understands it. Yeah. And everyone yeah. did, so therefore, completely, completely fine, completely, totally did. fine. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll make up some more things before the show's over. Don't worry. Appreciate you. Um, <laughs> the last two oh, guys, season in the seventy nine. So the last play here, I'm with. Uh, so yeah, Wolf's Wolf's current form is is um, it's just too bad right now to have any confidence in him. If you want to have a small exposure to him in a GPP, because he's capable of doing really well at a, at a nice price, I'm fine with that. But I wouldn't go overweight on him just because I would like to see something from him before we, we start putting a heavy investment into him. But he could be a good way to just get different in a big tournament or something like that. But I'm with I am with Sia on Homa. My only concern with Homa this week is not his game. It's a lot of people are coming around to him, um, and this is it's, it's going to be. I think there's. There's probably 10 to 15 plays this week that are going to feel pretty high ownership, and he's one of them, um, which I, I would say in cash games, and 10-mans, 5-mans, that's totally fine. But in in a big tournament, yeah, I mean, obviously you can win with, with a chalky play, but if there's going to be 10 of them. You really have to be pretty perfect and precise. So um, I'm going to just definitely keep a keen eye on, on ownership percentages heading into Thursday.
0: I love it. Uh, Joe? is shitting the ball a new stat in the model it can be joe it can be, Might be.
2: I also- so joe i actually turned my model up so that shitting the ball is the number one metric and that's mm-hmm. how i won 70k two weeks ago so <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> flash
1: in the cash. how do you
0: like that also i missed this from austin earlier see so yeah, that shirt looks great you should wear it every show
1: <laughs> you know when when you're on so many shows you know who knows anymore uh- uh, do you I have other? Cool
0: how many other colors do you have? Like other Ralph Lauren polo colors? Two, two. Then why is it always two other the colors? Black
1: one? Two other colors, but like a total of like six or seven shirts.
0: Okay, so you have like four black ones.
1: That's accurate. Okay, okay. I'm Persian. All we wear is black, dude. That's like a like just just be happy. There's not like an Armani big Armani Exchange logo. Hey man, like
0: I just want you to be happy.
1: Got the greasy hair thing. Yeah, Very
0: that Persian. that's. Uh, I didn't know that's what Persian people
1: do. I don't know oh, enough Persian people. Wow. Well, you don't. I know. So thank you, Joe. By the way, is, is a uh, subscriber who, speaking of cash, Joel, okay. he actually he actually won some cash last week, which, yeah. which he posted in Discord. So we actually had a lot of a lot that's of people posting at the end of the tournament. I was pleasantly surprised because I didn't have my best tournament just because of those those guys that just really got cut right on the number. But I mean, it seemed like everybody cashed.
0: That's what we love to see. That's what we're here to do: help you win daily and uh don't forget now we have steven running our showdown sheet i guess we'll call it so make sure to check that friday saturday fr- thursday friday saturday nights he has that updated definitely check it in the morning and he has a, a couple plays in there to check out i'm sure joel is helping him out with this i actually don't know i'm just kind of throwing stuff out there so
1: it's cool it's actually it, it's going to be probably a combo of me, uh joel uh patrick and steven and uh, Charlie. Chuck, what's up? Yeah.
0: Like Chuck's not here. I wonder where he is tonight. Hope you're doing well, man. Um, all right, Joel, let's uh, let's hop down into that seven K range. You got excited to uh, to talk about someone on that seventy nine hundred number, so uh, let's let's get to it, bud. What do you got?
2: Yeah, one of my favorite plays this week is Kevin Not. Um, I like Kevin Knott a lot, and one of you know one thing that that gives me anxiety when building and kind of preparing for the week is when I see a lot of other people writing about golfers, because I'm like, man, I liked him, and now everyone's going to be playing him, and it's going it to be any different, and that sucks. I haven't seen anyone really talking about Kevin Na. So Nobody. that was my first excitement. I was like, I really liked him. No one's talking about him, which well, I'm like, yes, this is this is perfect. This is what I want. And let me now tell you the reasons why I like Kevin Na. So unfortunately, last year, he missed the cut here. Before that, tied for 33rd, second, and then fourth. So two top fives in a 33rd. That's pretty consistent. That's really good. And then, if we want to look at his courses, I mean, his recent history, uh, he hasn't played the last couple of weeks. He mixed the cut, cut, the Amex, he won the Sony, and he was tied for 38th before that, the tournament champion. So, um, listen, we've seen Kevin now when he's striking the ball well, when he gets hot, he's as good as anyone, right? We've seen him put together some really great tournaments, and we know he can do that at this course. And he's been, and he won a tournament as well as the second tournament before the last one that he played. So, um, there is always a concern with Kevin with his back. You know, he could pull out of any tournament, you know, at, after day one and really ruin your lineup. So never go overweight on him because you will ruin your weekend. But definitely have some shares of Kevin Nod this weekend. I think both he's playable both cash and in uh, big tournaments, especially if his ownership percentage stays low. He has the upside to be top five at this price. You can jam him in there with DJ, with some of those other stars, and then you, you know, I, I almost like, like I said, I don't even like calling it stars and scrubs because I'm avoiding the scrubs as much as I can, but you can jam those scrubs and some of the stars and some of the mediocre guys <laughs> into your lab and, and, and starting with Kevin is a way to do that. Um, and then going down here, a guy that, you know, I haven't seen his name in a while. He looks to me just underpriced in this range is Matthew Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, he just hasn't played in a while. So I think his prices has come down a bit. Um, but you know he he's maybe he's been on the European tour in January, but he hasn't been on the PGA tour. He's a good golfer. He's a, he he could be. He's, we've seen him in tournaments priced up in the high eights or low nines. So mm-hmm. getting him at this price just seems like a good value, and that's how I'm playing him. Especially in a week where we where we want to jam in DJ and some of those stars, we need to find these values. And 7600 for Matthew Fitzpatrick. No one's going to be surprised or shocked if he ends up in the top 20, and that's what we're going to need to do to get that you know tournament winning GPP lineup. So. These are the types of guys that that I'm going to be looking at. Um, I think um, Gary Woodland, right? I mean, he he's like this guy who he went he went on this terrible tear where he was so bad. where like, what happened? Then all of a sudden he came back around, right? There was that that 16th that he had just a couple weeks ago, where I was like, is he back? Woodland's back. And then he was kind of tied for had that disappointment, missed cut. But you look at that missed cut. Like this is what I tell people when looking at these at the I guess we'll call them box. Do we call it box scores, scorecards? I guess. Yeah, um, score box score when looking at his box score it's the 67 on round two tells me we can play him right because he needs to put together four days without a 76 he's still shooting 67s so when a guy shooting 67s that means he's playing a form of golf that's winnable in draft games and dfs that's what we need here um so that tells me we can go back to him again he's a gpp play so i wouldn't have him in every lineup that you build but um he can definitely be in one of those lineups that can help you win a tournament. The the world is, is is overweight on Carlos Ortiz. Um, everyone is going to be telling you to play him. He's going to be super highly owned, which is disappointing because if it wasn't for that, I would be on him too. It, it makes sense. His recent form is really good. He's in a price that's that's affordable for what we want to do this week. Um, his tournament history for a guy who's like like he feels like he's really coming on now. Like recent form is the best he's been in a while. He has a good course history here for someone who we look at as a lower tier golfer, tied for 26, tied for ninth, and then tied for 26 five years ago. So I really like him. I I, I can see why everyone's on him, um, but it'll just be hard to be too overweight if he's going to be one of the highest owned golfers in the field. So just keep an eye on that. Let's see how that turns out by the end of the week. Um, And then I'm going to stop with with one more guy going down to the the 7,500 range. And... uh, I, I, he's probably gonna be pretty highly owned too, but Cameron Tringale's been playing so well. Uh, his ball striking has been pretty elite. Um, you know, I think that the reason why I'm, I'm kind of hesitating a little bit is because I, I think I said earlier that feels like this week there's a, a a batch of guys that are just gonna be really highly owned that everyone's kind of on that make a lot of sense. And there's all these guys that are in it. So there's like two things with that. You don't fade them. There's a reason everyone's on them, right? They're, they're obviously where oil can see something. Uh, but if you are playing GPPs, you know, odds are it's not going to be the most obvious lineup that's going to win. So just be careful of how you pick which ones you want to stick with and how you want to get different when building your, your rosters.
0: I love it. I love it. Kringal is a Sia favorite, so that was an easy one. Um, Sia, what about you? What about the top top half of this 7K range? Where are some of the extra guys that you're looking at? Siwoo, he won us some money a couple weeks ago. I'm be yes. angry going back to him.
1: You know, Siwu's another nice uh, leverage play, as is Kevin Na, by the way. I mean, you know, when you look at Kevin Na's price and you look at, uh, let's see, Carlos Ortiz, Kevin Na's 7,900, Ortiz is 7,800. Ortiz is already, again, these are initial projections. Let's wait for Steven's article tomorrow. But Ortiz is looking like crazy ownership somewhere between 50 and 20%, which is just not the chalk I necessarily want to want to be on. But Kevin Na, alternatively, is going, going to be less than 5%. That is a fact. He will be owned less than... So it's sort of like the perfect pivot. And, and everything he said about Kevin Na from a metric standpoint and a history standpoint definitely adds up. You're always worried about the back, right? But that keeps the ownership down. So that kind of helps you too. If he actually makes it through a tournament, that's sort of like negative mystique about him or or negative, whatever you want to say about him in terms of, you know, f- foreshadowing if he's going to make it through four rounds. That keeps, you know, Kevin Na otherwise would probably be, I don't know, 6 7%. If we consistently thought he would make it through a tournament, you know, he'd be obviously higher owned. So I don't know that I'll play a lot of Kevin Na, but I'll play some of them because I think Joel's argument's really compelling. Um, the upper half of this 7K range, I don't really like that much. I mean, I'm, I'm always on Cam tri- and Tringali. I'll, I'll probably have a couple shares, but I, I think maybe we're getting to a point where maybe like he's not that consistent. I mean, he is consistent on approach. I mean, he, he does have metrics that are consistent, but at a certain point, Cameron Tringale becomes Cameron Tringale. So it's, it's one of those things where, where do you want to be? Do you want to be late to that? Or do you want to be early to that? So I'll, I'll probably only have a couple shares. I, I am vice president of the fan club for sure. sure, but it's just one of those things. Fitzpatrick, I think is a really smart leverage play. That's somebody I'm going to have to look into a little bit more in terms of how he's been doing and how much he's been playing on, on the European tour. But once we get to the 7500 range, there's a lot of guys I like, which is fortunate for me because the way I'm the way I've already built my lineups, I kind of have to immediately go right down here. After I take like a DJ and a Cantley or a or a Bryson and a Xander or, you know, even even I might throw Rom in a couple lineups. But James Hahn, uh Cam Davis, Cam Davis is going to be really popular just FYI. Uh, but I think Cam Davis has the game to succeed here. Uh let's see. Uh, off the tee he's been great. Approach, he's been great. He's been okay putting and around the green and okay is 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 good as opposed to like really negative, which a lot of people show up with, you know, n- with negative strokes gained in those categories. His last four, 14th, 32nd, third, and 31st, he's only played here once. It was 2019. It was a missed cut. It doesn't really bother me. I mean, he's a young up and coming player. The Cam Davis of now versus the one in 2019 is vastly different. At least with the missed cut, you know, he has some experience on this course. So I actually kind of see that as a positive. The next guy I like is, is, I don't know if I mentioned him already. I did. Former secret weapon, James Hahn. He's from California. His last few tournaments, uh, I mean, or I should say his last few tournaments here, 13th, 14th, 28th. So for a guy in this price range, and normally he's usually in the 6K range, by the way, and it's like the middle of the 6K range. So he's been playing well enough. He He missed the cut last week, but 10th the week before when he was our secret weapon, by the way. Uh, He missed the cut the week before that, 32nd, 41st. So he's definitely a hot and cold guy, but his track record here indicates that he's actually going to make the cut and be pretty successful. I mean, those, those last three here are top 30 finishes. Two of them are top 15 finishes. So I like Han. I like Cam Davis. I think Sam Burns is interesting. We talked about the the Wind Daily. People were chatting, or most of them, at least, were chatting. And I know on Patrick's model, I think Sam Burns showed up. I think Sam Burns has plenty of upside. He's not a high confidence play for me in terms of making the cut in you know top ten, top twenty, necessarily, but he definitely has the upside, the ceiling to do that. I'm just a little worried about Sam Burns' floor because sometimes he's prone to that really bad round. The other guy I really like in this range, and his track record is was well, two, two, actually three other guys I really like. Luke List's track record on this course is really, really good, especially for a guy named Luke List. And if you look at, if you look at his last few years, a couple of those years, Luke List wasn't very good. In fact, he really hasn't been good until lately. Like there was about a two year drought, I think where Luke List just wasn't good. And yet he actually finished strong at this particular tournament. So I think he's super comfortable here. His recent form is pretty good. His ball striking is good. I think it's 7,300. I think he'll be a little popular actually, but I think he is a bargain there. Again, he has the floor to miss the cut, unfortunately, because he's Luke List, but evidence indicates that that's not going to happen. The other two guys I like, Russell Knox at 7,100. I think he's just a really... Good price. I think it's good value. Russell Knox is striking the ball very, very well. Not a super sexy name, doesn't hit the ball far, you know, so he won't get a ton of ownership percentage, but he's playing really well. So I think he's a safer play. And then KH Lee at 7,100. He should have pretty low ownership, although I've noticed, you know, some of the podcasts are starting to talk about him. And and I got to be honest, I actually got that name from Greg Ducharme from the first cut show yesterday. I hadn't even considered him, but once he was brought to my attention and you know, the stats were brought to my attention, and don't forget, KH Lee was contending just a couple of weeks ago in that Brooks Kepka tournament. And if Brooks Kepka hadn't chipped off you know, the fairway on 17, KH Lee probably would have won the tournament. And I don't know if you, were, if you remember, but in the Discord chat, I was telling everybody the night before, hey, KH Lee at 33 to one is really good value. I put money on it. I don't know if anybody else put money on it. But that was my money to win. It just Brooks Kepka went out and just grabbed the tournament. You know, it's just one of those things. But Cage Lee has been playing really well, and, and talk about ownership leverage. I mean, he's playing well. He's played well here. His track record here, the last two times, I think it's top twenty-fives in both of them. So at seventy-one hundred, with knowing how his recent form has been as well, I think he's a really strong play. So he's he's thirteenth and twenty-fifth the last two years. Mm-hmm. I actually I, I couldn't
2: agree with you more. I love K.H. Lee. He's one of my favorite value value plays. I liked him so much. I recommended him last week. And okay, he it play. was. Yep. yep I, so I was like, wait he a second. True, we definitely talked right.
0: about this guy. And I couldn't find him and see. I was like, well, oh, he's right there. But he's already out. And we we're like, oh, shit. Okay. So imagine that's how much fun. better
2: he can do if he actually plays. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Wow, endless yeah.
0: possibilities.
2: I mean, yes. yeah. So, I yeah, love I recommend him for sure. <laughs> Joel, what about you from this bottom
0: half of the seven uh, 7K range? What are you looking at?
2: Yeah, so this is where this is going to be our sweet spot, right? Like, I think the the play this week is going to be that that stars and scrubs hybrid, where we want to get in at least one of those (laughs) those top guys, and then try and avoid getting too low in the six K range as much as we can. So, uh, there are a lot of guys here that I like. I don't want to kind of spend too much time harping. I think, I think Cameron Davis is underpriced. I don't love him in terms of model wise like grading out this week. But I just think he he should be priced higher. So in terms of getting a value, he's a better golfer than where where his budget's at. So therefore, I think he makes sense. Um, I I like the James Hahn play. I think he he makes a lot of sense this week as well. Henrik Norlander has no course history to go off of. Um, But his recent form has been really good. He disappointed at the end of last week a little bit. But I'm not going to get away. His ball striking was really good. I mean, he was hitting the ball really well. There's no reason to get away from him. He's, I imagine he's going to continue to hit the ball really well at seventy four hundred. Uh, I think this is a really nice way for us to continue to to jam in those those high priced guys. Um, JT Poston um, was is another guy who's who's actually very similar in feel to Luke List in that he's got a good history here where like he historically is not a very good golfer. So like he wasn't very good when he was kind of playing well here. And so like we said, we're a little overweight on history. He's tied for thirtieth, tied for twenty eighth, and tied for seventeenth in twenty seventeen. So. Uh 3 top 30s and those are his only three appearances never missed the cut so he's always competing and at this price range um I think he certainly makes a lot of sense especially when you look at his recent form right I mean tied for 11th tied for 18th his last two times out that's really good for a guy at this price range so I actually like him a good amount this week um I know it's a Michael favorite. I'm not saying this is a joke. He actually grades out pretty well for me this week as well. Is uh, is your old? Friend. <laughs> I don't have to. I don't even have to say his name. You already know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, it, listen. If we're, if we're gonna be basing it off course history, he was tied for tenth last year. Didn't play the year before that, and then tied for twentieth. So his only two appearances are in the top twenty. Um, he didn't play last week. He missed the cut the week before that. Then he has a tie for forty, tie for twenty first. So his recent form is, you know, it's him, right? So this is what he is. He's mediocre and then he has that one tournament where he does really well right so four three or four tournaments ago he had that title for 21st at this price if he gets you in the top 20 even 20th in that range that's that's good enough because you're gonna get the winner and you know the top five or so that those upper prices so you know he can certainly do that here and he's done it you know multiple times so I, I like gucci a good amount um but my favorite play in this range is actually k I, I think I think he's criminally underpriced. I think he's he, he's not a known name. Uh, so I think that's why he's he's down here. But, I mean, just look at this recent form. The Farmers, he missed the cup. But, I mean, tied for second with just 66, 66, 66. I mean, that is just music to my ears. Um, then tied for 32, tied for 19. So these are not – this isn't just one-off fluke tournament that, that he did it in. And then for a guy who t- we don't really even know that much about, it. not this big of a name – to also have the course history of tied for 13th, tied for 25th at 7,100, he just makes a lot of sense this week. So I hope his ownership percentage doesn't get too crazy where people get up to him. If, if he gets up to 15%, 20%, that would be disappointing. But if he's under 15%, even at 12 it's still high, I would still like him a lot and getting to him in some of these bigger tournaments.
0: You were ready to play in last week, as you said. It wasn't even <laughs> in the tournament you were excited to play you know what's, him. You, you know what's we're funny hyping is- him up,
1: too. We, I think when he was hyping him up last week, we were still like in the 10k range, and he was like, KH Lee, guys, guys, <laughs> I got yeah, it. Yeah, he's not playing, I'm sorry,
0: not the play. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you like something you saw last week, right? No matter where he finished in the tournament, you still got to remember to take it forward. So last week, he you know, didn't play, you still liked his form, you still like what you got. Move forward with it, see what happens. 7,100 anything's possible. Uh, so Joel, we're gonna hit you uh, again for this 6k range. Again, it seems like it's not as dumpster divy as it was last week thankfully last week it was it got ugly real quick um see a secret weapon of course whatever surprise it did really well like top 10 not a big deal but we'll get to him i want to talk to you Joel what are you looking at for this 6k range
2: so i actually agree i think it's not as bad you, there's some there's some value that we can find here and that we can put so i'm going to try and of quickly just kind of highlight some of uh some of my plays i think the first one that jumps out I imagine, I don't know what his ownership looks like. I imagine it could be high as Matthew Naismith. I mean, he looks great. Is striking the ball really well. I am surprised that they priced him this low. No history to go off of, so we, we can't use that, but his recent form is tied for 16th, tied for 7th. Uh, and I just know like from a, even like, you know, he stands out to me especially because from a showdown perspective, he was really just he looked so good all last week. He was really striking the ball really well. Um you know, is a lot. Of, I'm just really attracted to him this week as a, as a good value player in my lineups. I think in in a similar vein, you can go back to Doug Gim. Right. I, I know Sia loves Doug Gim. He goes him a lot, and he does. He, he he's kind of the same type of play as as Naismith this week in that um, no real course history to go off of, but his recent form for a guy at 6900 is spectacular. Uh, tied for 24th last week. Tied for 37th at the Farmers. Tied for fifth at the Amex. I mean, those are three in a row that are are competing in the 6900 range um so there's, there's a lot to like there as we as everyone knows if joel Domin's in a field he's in our pool no matter what even though <laughs> there's not much outfield to go off of it's just because you know he's the type of golfer that goes for the stick he can he can get you eagles he can get you can get a lot of birdies anytime you have a guy like that um he's worth taking a gamble even if it's a gpp yeah it looks pretty bad i see that but like let's take a deeper dive like he does have a 65 in the last in the month so that shows you, that he can still do it. And I'd even say last week he showed improvement, like from a showdown perspective. Looking at the day-to-day results, um, there was there he, his ball striking was improved. He didn't play great, uh, but and that's what you have to—that's the pill you have to swallow, Diamond. You have to accept the fact that you might get a seventy-four out of him one day, but if he gets you two 66s in that week, that could be enough, especially scoring-wise on, on DraftKings. So, <laughs> so I, 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 you know, Diamond's always going to be in my pool.
0: So just a, um, just a note on Dahman. Uh, so Sia, it feels like every single week has Joel Dahman to win, Joel Dahman to win. And as I told you, see, I send it to my buddies. We all take them, we all ride them. And this last week it was Friday night. I was hanging out with my buddies and they're just like, Hey man, can we talk to Sia? Cause Joel Dahman hasn't made a cut in forever. I don't want to keep giving the DraftKings my money. He doesn't even come close. What are we doing? I was like, no, man, the one time you don't take him is the time he's going to win. <laughs> so if he tells us to take him, just take him. He's made you enough money this year already. And they're like, all right. But like, why Joel Dahman? He doesn't even make the cut. So it was Wait, a really funny conversation we had. But I thought, Friday. I
1: always thought my Joel Dahman picks were for first round leader. Because that's sort of where he fits in Some, my opinion.
0: I, well, I think he's just been so bad that they've all just been it's like, true. why do we keep betting on this guy? No, like, he hasn't. It's going to work. One of these days, it's going to work. <laughs> it's going to work. So I will defend much.
2: him. That I'm pretty oh, sure. No,
0: I, I defended him. Don't worry. I stood
2: <laughs> up for my man. I, I'm saying I'm pretty sure it is first round leader, and like for that, it, it is. It's like he needs one round, and like he is so capable of a 65 round that it's worth the 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 long odds that we're getting on him. It's just worth taking a shot it's on where worth it's like the
0: dollar. Don't worry, Joel. It's always worth guy, the dollar.
2: Guys like Russell Knox, who are playing better than him, right, are less likely to go out and get a 65. He might. He'll probably beat him over the course of four days, almost definitely. But that one day, if i had to bet who had the w- best one round, Doman, right? But Max mm-hmm. better over a course of a of a tournament. So that's the the kind of difference. The volatility is is dominant, but you know that helps for a TK scoring.
0: I yeah. am riding and dying with Sia. Do not worry about it. I promise you that. All right, All right. sorry. <laughs> right. That was my funny little Joel Stomans story. Anyway,
2: back to uh, back to where I was. So there's there's actually a few more plays. So just to kind of hustled through it. Charles Howell III, great course history. He has a, a six and a 15th, and he's never he hasn't missed the cut in five years. Um, Martin Laird, uh, last two years tied for 43rd and missed the cut, so not great. But before that, tied for ninth, tied for 8th, tied for eleven. So that's three, two top 10s and an 11th, which is really strong for a guy in the 6K range. And then if you look at Martin Laird's recent history, he has two missed cuts. But before that, tied for 14th tied for 17th. So um, it's a little bit of a mixed gap, but listen, when we're getting – If if his recent history was five, you know, twenty and fifteen, he wouldn't be priced here. So that's that's the risk that you gotta. That's where you gotta where you want to take your chances. Um, uh, is it Scott Piercy or uh, Piercy? Right? Yeah, it's Piercy. Piercy. So Scott Piercy was tied for seventeenth here last year. If you notice, you know, last week he was striking the ball really well. His current form looks good. He he finished tied for fiftieth, but. I think he was playing a little bit better on the weekend. He had a few days. Let's like, say you can look at his scorecard. He had the 269 to 274. So we just need him to not blow up. And last week, playing Pebble Beach with the wind, like the 74 is more understandable. He shouldn't have as, as the difficult to condition. So I think he can average that, even that out, and, and have a really solid week this week. So I'll be looking at him as well. Uh, a play that – a guy that I've been on – so this is an interesting one. This is my last play in this range. A guy that I've been on recently that hasn't been playing for me – but something keeps telling me to play him and he keeps losing and now it's having it again. And now he actually has the course history to back it up. So I'm really feeling really bullish about Sun Kang. Sun yeah. Kang was tied for second last year. Um, 64th the year before that 16th, 22nd and eight. So he's a really good course history here. And then if you want to look at his weekend form, I mean, he made the cut last week. He does have a 68. Um, you'll notice he does have a bunch of blow ups, right? 77, 77, but he has the, those really low scores. So this is a course where we know he likes. He's, he's done really well consistently here and he's capable of getting those low scores. If he can put together four days, I think he can be a really sneaky play.
0: It could definitely be an interesting one. Yeah. As you said, you're, you're looking for just got to do it two days, right? Two days out of four. He's got a 68, 68, 66 in the last few tournaments. So he's definitely showing up to play. Hopefully he can uh, tamper down the, uh, the blobs a little bit. So now we are getting to Sia. Sia's secret weapon is 29 and three. Sia's secret weapon is 29 and three. What is Sia's secret weapon? Well, Thankfully you asked. See a secret weapon is a golfer that is under seven thousand in terms of DraftKings price, is under five percent owned and absolutely smashes the field. Can we add that to like the category? Like, like what are the <laughs> things see is like what do you look for? It's like, well, I look for this, this, and the fact that the dude's gonna end up in the top ten. Who, uh see, please tell the people who your secret weapon was last week.
1: Uh last week it was Cam Percy who I believe was top 10. I should probably double check. I think he was, he was Uh, top
0: 10 or felt like he was top 10 the whole weekend.
1: Yeah. If he, if he faded, it was on the back nine on Sunday. Um, but James Hahn was the week before that who Mm -hmm. actually finished 10th. So, and it was really contending to, I mean, what was it? Was it James Hahn? That was three strokes up on Xander uh, at the turn on Sunday. And he just kind of like, you know,
0: just fell apart. He became the $6,700 golfer that he is.
1: Correct. But but with that said, I mean, yeah, yep. when your secret weapon is on the back nine with a three shot lead, you're you and he's under five percent owned and you save the money because at I think that tournament he was sixty seven hundred. I mean, you just really can't ask for much more than that. The twenty-nine and three number is is actually like I wanna be like, yeah, of course it's twenty-nine and three, but it's actually like it's absurd. astonishing. Yeah, to me. it really is. I, I don't even understand how that's I genuinely, statistically, I, I kind of want to know what the probability is there, but I'm not sophisticated enough uh, to
0: do that. Stephen wrote it. He actually, like, wrote the probability in one of his articles. It was probably within one of those really long-winded jokes that he has that I laugh at them every single time. But he, <laughs> he put the probability in there a couple weeks ago, and it was it was funny. I don't know. It was like a Lightning striking you riding a bull, or something fighting <laughs> sharks. It's like some ridiculous thing, but I think so it was pretty
1: legit. So. My plea to Steven and Charlie, who I know is working closely with Steven uh, uh, and the Palo Alto boys that help him out with the ownership mm-hmm. percentage stuff, is c- just give me the d- do the math for me. Please. Um Steven, I'm asking you, do the math for me. I want to know uh well, what the probability of 29 and 3 is with those uh parameters. So thank you. Uh speaking of Charlie, he has a lineup in here that yeah, I honestly think I might have built like I might have already put that in but it maybe not but it might be like off by one guy I I personally love that lineup
0: DJ Bryson James Hahn Russell Knox KH Lee and Michael Thompson
1: I mean I'm gonna get to Thompson in a second uh when I talk about the 6k range he's Mr. Consistent I mean not consistently top 10 or top 20 but he's made four out of his last five cuts and he's always sort of in that middle 6k I think last week he was 7100 because it was an extremely watered down field but, yeah, Michael Thompson is just one of those guys that sort of is a cut maker. And in this tournament, it's going to be harder for him to make the cut because it's a way more talented field. But his his ball striking metrics are there. I mean, off the tee, he's not great. Uh, approach, he's okay. Uh, around the green, he's okay. Putting, he's, you know, better than average. Uh, he's 34th last week at the AT&T. Then he was a missed cut at the waste management 5th at the American Express, 25th at Sony, 21st at the Tournament of Champions, which actually isn't very good because that was a very limited field. But by the way, in 2019, he finished seventh here. Mm. So you know he can do it on this track. Now, full disclosure, 2020, he missed the cut. But okay, you're, you're you're getting a guy at 6,700 who has a good recent history and has finished seventh here before. So I think it's one of those guys, you can't lean on him as an absolute cut maker. But he keeps doing it. So I'm just going to write and it, it's one of those names that nobody pays attention to because it's Michael Thompson. And it's just like it's like Doug Gim, great golfer. Nobody's going to over roster him until he gets really, really good because his name is Doug Gim. Same with Tom Hogue. We've we've been down this road, Chris mm-hmm. Baker. Like they're, they're just not sexy names. So um, not that I'm a Chris Baker fan, but that's just kind of falls into the whole myriad oh, of boring names. Also,
0: I heard Jim uh Jim Nance called him Tom Hogie.
1: Uh, go on. That's all I got. His... Oh, I mean, I, I think some people, I mean, it might be, it might be pronounced hoagie. I'm, I'm not, I'm not even hundred, I always say Hoag. Okay. We'll, Hogue, stick Hogue. I mean, Hogue. we'll stick all with Hoag. We'll stick right. with Hoag.
0: I just wanted to let you guys know. I heard. Jim I mean, Neck technically Tom yeah.
1: he's probably right. Cause Bo Hogue was Hoag was H O A G and that's, that's a hard G there. I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. I like, yeah. um, I like Matthew Naismith too. He will be popular. I mean, he won't be more than ten percent, but it'll be in that range, which is a lot when you get to the six thousand nine hundred range. Obviously, his ball striking. And speaking of Steven, this is courtesy of Stephen. Last week, he gained one point eight eight strokes per round. Like that's how well he was hitting it on approach. Now, approach is is obviously important here, but you know, there's other things involved off the tee. He's he's going to be shorter off the tee. His around the green and in putting game, his short game is actually, you know, not that bad. So I think Matthew Naismith is a great play, certainly a great play for cash to jam in some guys from from the upper tiers, but probably a good play for GPP too, in spite of the fact that he's pretty popular. I do like Doug Kim as well. I won't have a ton of him personally, but I like him. Um, I don't think I'll be playing Joel Dahman, um, but I do like him as a potential first round leader. He's not on my list of first round leaders, but that's sort of, I. I let's put it this way. I'd prefer to play Joel Dahman in showdown. Same with Tony Fino. I just prefer to play those guys in showdown because I, I know they can do it for 18 holes. I don't know if they can do it for any more than that. Sebastian Munoz is a guy that fits into that category. He He's a good first round leader play because he can shoot a 75, which sucks, or a 66, which, or a 65 or a 64, which is awesome. So other 6K plays, I think Scott Piercy is smart. I think he's been he's been pretty good. S- certainly a risky play, but he's a good course fit. And there's a couple other guys, but I'm not going to tell you who they are, because the two guys I'm thinking of, and one of them, actually, both of them might be in my write-up, which is free on WindailySports.com. We don't usually do this. I'm not literally trying to get you to go on the site if you're listening. and You're not already there. Go to the like, site if you're listening. To, just that, go to the site. Was, yeah, that was going to be the next thing I was going to say. I don't, yeah, I don't normally do this, but if you go to the site and you read the free article, like you're probably going to land on the secret weapon. You just kind of won't know it. And then if you go on the backslash chat or, or whatever, whatever you, whatever you do to sign up, which is seven free days. You'll literally see and get confirmation tomorrow night as to who the secret weapon is. I love it. WindailySports.com.
0: So backslash chat. WindailySports.com. Check out Cia's article. WindailySports.com. Backslash chat. Get see a secret weapon. Um, I was going somewhere with it. Win a bunch of money with us. At WindailySports. Win a bunch of money with us. Yeah, <laughs> we should work on that.
1: We should yeah, work I'll, on that, uh, that last part. You know
0: i'm doing what i can see sorry i'm not you know all professional and shit like your other shows hey, that you're on all the time
1: by the way can i just say a little little cross promotion here before we get to um the first round leaders and the outrights and, and anything else but uh the nba show you do is awesome whether it's with, i mean I don't, I don't know are you always doing it just with nick uh dfs mostly goes or, okay yeah. gotcha Adam and i don't Brian know if the hnb i don't know if the hnb people are involved sometimes, sometimes. like okay uh, it's a great show the information is like really ghost. really good and I say that as a guy who doesn't play a lot of NBA DfS so if you're yeah. kind of kind of like not sure if you want to come around to NBA DfS I think you should be dialing into that show which you guys do daily right on the every day channel. yeah every day okay
0: five forty five ghost is incredible he you you only said that because he was he was talking up C A today he was talking about how great he was and his secret weapon and you know all that stuff so we that's, appreciate it though
1: it's a ninety percent of why I, I said that the other 10 percent is it's legitimately it's a real
0: show. <laughs> no ghost is incredible that dude knows so much uh the model has been just on point this year i've pretty much lost like all my bets today though so that part's not great but hey you win some <laughs> you lose some hopefully you just win more um all right joel talk to me you got any good bets for us this weekend at the genesis invitational
2: So is this a generic any good bets or a specific first-to-first-round leader?
0: As I said, I lost a lot of money today, Joel, so I just want to win some. (laughs) Give me whatever you got, buddy.
2: Okay. So my my first play is uh, a first-round leader play. I'm going to go with uh, my guy, Sung Kang. Uh, We're getting him at 125 to 1. Love those long odds. Um, This is a guy who's done really well here at this course. So I think he's my play. If if you are looking for your own plays, things to look at. If you want to look at guys who've consistently done well here, even if they're in that lower tier, right? For one round, you, they can definitely get like a really high score. So he definitely fits that mold. Uh, so um, that's my my long shot first-round leader play. Another interesting thing to look at when looking at first-round leader is because there's so many top-tier guys and because it's not four days, it's just one day, you're actually getting pretty good odds on some of the top guys. So this seems like a week where if you want to take some of the one of the favorites to be the leader of the first round, it's probably one of the, the better weeks to do it. Like You can get – um, you know, 28 to one on D'Shambo to be the leader for the first round, and he does that sometimes, right? Where he comes out hot and and you know has a great round one and then falls apart day two and three. And it kind of looks like after day one that there's no way anyone can beat him, and then all of a sudden you're like, What happened to the guy we saw day one? So he's a guy that that that, that happens to sometimes, so he could be a, an interesting play, um, from a first round leader perspective.
0: I love it, I love it. Yeah, I could put I could put a couple bucks on Bryson, Tony Finau, 33 to one, Patrick Clantley, yeah. 28 to one. I mean, those are. Some- Pretty sweet odds. See ya. What do we got? So what are you thinking?
1: First, we're doing first round leaders, then.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, we break the news with first round leaders. you want to do
1: outrights first. Yeah, let's do some outrights. Yeah. Um. All right. Let me start with Victor Hovland at thirty-five to one. A little shorter than I like to go. I mean, honestly, this is a super talented field, so it's it's hard to justify that. But again, it's thirty-five to one, and and I think Victor Hovland is getting to that elite range. I got to be honest, when it comes to the outrights, though kind of like what Joel said, th- this would be the time to, be, I mean, there'll be shorter odds in the outright market on these top guys than, than they are in the first round leader. And we've explained why that's the case, but this might be the time to take a Bryson. I believe he was 17 or 18 to one. That's actually pretty good value. If you think Bryson is going, by the way, he was fifth here last last year. I think we established that at the at the front end of the show, but I like him as a first round leader at that number too, but I think it's a good time to maybe take a guy that's shorter than 30 to one odds, but we can talk more about that in discord. The sort of the longer shots I like, like I said, Hovland, Joaquin Neiman, 55 to one. Like I said, I'm kind of backing off him a little bit, but I think that's a a decent number. Now I'm just going to go like, kind of like dumpster diving from a, from a number standpoint, Cam Davis at a hundred to one. I just, I just think that's fun. Uh, Top 10. He's plus seven fifty, by the way, which is a pretty large number Uh, list. And Neesmith, Luke List and Matthew Neesmith. Now, I like Luke List to as an outright winner more than I like Neesmith. I, I think they're, they're going to have to do a lot to win, but but List has sort of proven it on this course that he can, whereas Neesmith has no course experience here. But they're both 175 to one, and they're both plus 1,200 to top 10. I I would probably look for a top 20 number if you're actually going to play them, but I think it's fun to play List and Neesmith, 175 to one. Um, I You know, home at 70 to one. He he looks like he's dialed in. I think that's a decent number. But as far as the outright market is concerned, I'm not as interested in it as I am the first round leader market this particular week, because awesome. we have because we have all that at the top. So it's mm-hmm. just harder to justify taking a you know 40 or 51 to the shot 50 to yeah. one shot.
0: I'll take a 125 to one any day of the week with you. See, Joel, do you have any um, do you have any good outrights?
1: Yeah, I mean. Uh...
2: Listen, s- smart bets, anything more than c- close to a unit, it's got to be one of the top 20 guys if you're going to take to win the tournament. But if you want to get crazy, I mean, KH uh, Lee is is 250 <laughs> to 1. How much? 250 to 1. Woo! Um, and they get even crazier and a whole lot of fun, and I actually think is the better bet of the two, um, is going back to our guy, Sung Kang, 500 to 1. 500. <laughs> 500 <laughs> literally put $2, $2. That's all you need to put, and you win $1,000. you will
0: love to see it. You'll love I to mean, see it, people. That's you're
2: fantastic. also probably – it would probably be nicer for you to donate your $2 to a charity than to DraftKings. But still, yes. it's fun. It's worth
0: fun. it. If I can get like a half a day, if I could just see him tee off earlier than everyone else, and like he goes birdie birdie, and I'm just like, oh my god, Joel! <laughs> <laughs> shit, just me a thousand dollars. Two holes in. Most of the people I tilt in the wrong way. I want to tilt this way. It's way more fun. Um, all right, see ya. Let's. It's get funny to you it. should
1: say that, by the way, because the first hole is actually the easiest hole. Uh, in the entire like of the 18 it. and it's a very eagleable it's like the the one sort of gettable par five so if you are not birdieing right i mean eagle is you know obviously that's slim regardless but if you're not birding number one like you basically lost a stroke to the field so it's this is one of those tournaments where you're really actually dialed into you know make sure that he's actually starting on the first hole as opposed to the 10th when you're looking at it but you want to know if they birded the first hole because that's actually important because the scoring is not going to be out of control at, at this tournament. Oh, I love I'll, it. I'll make you a deal, Michael. If at any point of the
2: weekend, any point, he is in the lead of the tournament, and that means burning the first hole and he's in the leaderboard, we FaceTime each other and shotgun a beer. Deal. what
0: that i will take that deal every day and every day joel i appreciate you for inviting me to that party i cannot wait uh see ya. talk to me what do we got um
1: breaking any news this weekend yeah i think i'm gonna break some news i really had some trouble narrowing the breaking news down um i have some periphery news when it comes Mm -hmm. to first round leaders so naturally um i'll give you five names and the first four are the guys that you know might win first round leader, but the last name I'm going to give you is the guy that's definitely yeah, 100% won. lock it in. And and, and I'm already wavering because there's a couple guys I kind of like just as well, but I got some real breaking news for you. So, so hold on, hold on uh, tight. Let's start. I'm going to go sort of out of order from the odds, but let's start with KH Lee as your first round leader at hundred to one. I mean, listen, we, he's, he can put low rounds together, and he he has had success on this course. We talked about it. What was it? 13th and 25th, I think, the, the only two times he's been here. Cage lead 100-1. He's in good form, too. Give me that. James Hahn, he's got great course history here. He's from California. He's in reasonably good form. It's kind of checkered. You know, he's got that 10th place finish, but some missed cuts. But he can go out and shoot a low number specifically on this course. He's 90-1. to Joaquin Neiman, 55-1. to That guy's got plenty of upside, and he can absolutely take down a first-round leader. 55 to 1, a pretty decent number. Not a guy I would have as an outright, but as a first-round leader, I like him. So that's three right there. Cage Lee, Neiman, James Hahn, Luke List at 90 to 1. Great track record here. Form is good. He's a good course fit. Luke List at 90 to 1 is a solid number. That was sort of the guy I was kind of debating. Him and Cage Lee, I was like, ah, they could be the breaking news, but forget that. Because I have the actual breaking news. Are you guys ready? You sitting down? So the breaking news, the first round leader, the first round leader at Riviera on Thursday.
0: It is Tuesday, February 16th at 9.15 p.m.
1: So I'm giving you this pick 48 hours ahead of time because I can see the future. When it comes to golf only, I can see the future. And your first round leader at 80 to 1. He actually had a bad Thursday last week and battled back to put together three really good rounds in a row. I love when I see that. His name is Cam Davis, 80 to one. He is your first round leader. Let's go.
0: Let's go. Going to be donating a couple dollars to DraftKings this weekend, but I'm going to enjoy every single second of it. Gentlemen, it is always, always, always a pleasure. The Genesis invitational thank you to everybody in the chat s guy showed up what's up buddy glad you made it hopefully you can rewatch the show it's on youtube if you're watching on youtube smash the like button dingle the bell whatever we're supposed to say there if you're listening in the audio format uh, just give us a (laughs) five-star review that's all we're looking for so yeah where can everybody find you on the internet so
1: i think you ring a bell i think you ring it dingle a bell uh, okay, that that's a wow. thing I think as well. Oh, cool. uh, you can find me on Instagram at CNAJAD Sports or on Twitter at CNAJot, and you can find me and Michael and sometimes Joel on uh, SiriusXM Radio Fantasy Sports Radio.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So check us CSA out there Saturdays. on Saturdays and Sundays. I'm Sundays, and it's been fantastic. Also in the Discord windailysports.com backslash chat. That is how you get see a secret weapon, Joel. Where can everybody Wait, find you? Oh, listen, what? Michael,
2: I gotta defend you here. I gotta defend Whoa. you. See, you say you don't ringle a bell. First of all, what's the most famous Christmas song ever? Jingle bells. That's exactly what you do to a bell. You jingle them. That's why they made the song Jingle Bells. Yeah, but I thought he said like dingle a
1: bell. Did you say jingle?
2: Yeah. Look, at used yeah. a D. Debatable. Debatable. Is-
1: Thank you, Joel. Abatable. I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, I we'll go that. back and we'll review the sound. We'll <laughs> I <review> mean the taste. <laughs> but important. until
0: then, I'm leaning with Joel on this one. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. I appreciate that.
2: Um uh, you guys can find me at Draftmaster Flex on uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, sometimes on SiriusXM with Sia. And we'll be in Discard all weekend uh, getting some showdown plays and, and talking before the tournament because I do feel like, and I think what, what gets me excited about this tournament just to kind of wrap things up is it feels like there's some easy guys to fade, right? And we can really narrow down our player pool this week to guys that we really want to play, which makes it exciting because, like, you know, a lot of times we get to a point where there's maybe five, four or five guys we like, and then it's kind of like, whoa, we like this guy. This week, it's like there's like a player pool of like fifteen to twenty guys that we all really like, and we can really get in and and focus on. So I'm pretty excited for this tournament.
0: There you go. See ya. You uh you baited Joel. I think he's going to shove it in your face by winning another $100,000. <laughs> well, Michael- nice. <laughs> you can find me at You can find me at one, us at Wind Daily Sports. Thank you again to our sponsors, Manscaped, promo code Wind daily You get 20% off and free shipping. We're actually seeing other people in our little industry here starting to reach out to some of the same sponsors we have. So I think it's a good thing. Clearly, it was a good idea. Fuck those guys. Thank you to Manscaped, Wind daily Sports, WinDaily, promo code WinDaily. off free shipping for Joel, for Sia, for myself, for The Secret Weapon, for everybody in the chat. We all hope you make it a very profitable Genesis Invitational.
1: Bye, everybody. (laughs) I'll wear wear a different shirt next time. (laughs) (laughs) that.